what's good, listeners? Welcome to the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show. How's it going, Marissa? Oh, it she's coming right on in. <laughs> I click my button. I was like, where's my face? Hey, well, I'm glad to see you here because we got another great show for everybody out there that's tuning in on our YouTube channel. We got Strike Accord artist Desmond Walker, who's going to be joining us at the half hour mark. But I want to—I always love starting this off on the show because on this day in 1929, civil rights movement leader Martin Luther King Jr. was Ooh. born. And you know Dr. what? Just, Martin Luther King Jr. That's right, doctor. <laughs> doctor. <laughs> And also our favorite online encyclopedia and one of the web's greatest achievements launched on this day in 2001. Do you think you could get this, Marissa? Um, no, I cannot because I missed it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> <We're gonna talk>. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But this is a good one. This is Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia came out in 2001. Isn't that pretty wild? Okay. Legit, Wikipedia saved my life in so many articles. I know you can't like cite them. Yeah, I think that's a bunch of nonsense now. <laughs> but I got to say, I want to remind everybody that we also have a brand new YouTube episode drop. That was our season eight premiere featuring Just Talking guest Anna Gigi and Roderick Menzi. They got a phenomenal brand new cabaret performance that you can go ahead and check out. And also we have rapper Kane who joined us for the strike accord. But Marissa, it's time to rock and roll. Well, before I begin, this is hashtag TLDR, too long, don't read. We did all the reading for you, so you didn't have to do it. The United States lost 15,000 people to COVID-19 last week, the deadliest seven days since April, and author of American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic, and recent recipient of the Emmy's Founders Award for his briefings on the coronavirus now thinks we should reopen up the economy. In an article from Loudwire titled, New York Governor Plans to Bring Back Live Events by February by Chad Childsler. And in giving his State of the State address, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo cited this past weekend's Buffalo Bills playoff game as an example of how live events can return with people in attendance. He now wants to apply the same strategies to concert and theater events. If we float along relying solely on the vaccine, the way many states are, we are looking at months of shutdowns and the economic, mental, and spiritual hardship they bring. We piloted our testing strategy at last Saturday's Buffalo Bills game, where 7,000 fans were tested by the New York State Department of Health before the game. One thing is clear, we must act. We cannot wait until summer to turn the lights back on for the arts and provide a living wage for artists. We will not let the curtain fall on their careers or on the future of our cities. Today, I'm announcing that New York State is launching New York Arts Revival, a public-private partnership to bring the arts back. We will organize a series of pop-up performances and arts events across the state beginning February 4th. And, uh, you know, this was kind of shocking to me, Marissa, but it feels like Como is playing with people's lives while being politically correct. I mean, what's your thought? Okay, like legit. Um, I love the fact as an artist that they want to infuse and bring the arts back. But I'm also like February 4th when the newest strain of COVID <laughs> right. most, I, I, you know what I mean? That to me, I feel like is a reach. If he had said, hey, look, we're looking at bringing it back in like end of spring, that I could see. But now I'm kind of like, okay, another political move. Your career is in the toilet. You're but not handling COVID um, accurately. In the beginning, yes, you know, I, I think he did. And then all of a sudden, like, same with our governor here in California, you shut down our economy, you don't pay the people, there's a problem. Yeah, exactly. And the thing that people need to realize is it's hilarious how he's already jumping to the arts as much as I'm in the entertainment industry. There are so many people that were trying to do pop-up restaurant gigs. Everybody trying to make things happen. Even when it was in the crazy blizzards of everything, people were even setting up things outside as much as people wanted to eat indoors because it's freezing like crazy in New York City. But the thing that people need to realize is this is because earlier this week, 
Dr. Anthony Fauci, the lead, the leading infectious disease expert in the U.S., told a conference of entertainment industry professionals that he believes theaters and venues could reopen sometime in the fall of 2021. So I guess we'll have to see what's up. If there is one thing that all Americans can agree upon during this divisive time is that politicians are too faced douches mm -hmm. <laughs> because last week the u.s house of representatives approved gender neutral language with speaker of the house pelosi as the guiding hand in this new diversity and inclusion platform but mm, she conveniently forgot about the new guidelines when delivering her speech this week during trump's second impeachment because in an article from fox news titled Pelosi uses slew of gendered terms despite introducing resolution opposing them by Sam Dorman. Quote, I stand before you as a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a daughter, <laughs> mm -hmm, end quote. She said from the House floor while demanding Trump's impeachment. Like, look, she couldn't even go a week before she exposed her double standards on gender terms. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, like, look, how come millennials are sleeping on our politicians BS that are from both sides? Both sides are BSing. Yeah, I mean, the, my thing is, it's like how you just mentioned in Article 1. I mean, there's so many people struggling right now today to actually make it by every month. And the thing that they're more worried about starting off the new inauguration with Joe Biden is let's ad address inclusion and diversity in our own chambers. It just seems kind of ass backwards to me, in my opinion. Well, look, if you're going to introduce it, you better stick by it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's all I can say. <laughs> I, honestly, I just think just ditch, just ditch it all in general. It doesn't serve any purpose. I mean, some of the funnier trends that I saw on Twitter was that there's transracial now happening now which I now I think is kind of getting out of control because now you're literally seeing white people like literally put on makeup in blackface. Now they don't want to call it blackface. They're calling it transracial. So why no, even that's, have that's this blackface? I'm, I'm, no, I'm exactly. Pretty, I'm pretty, that's pretty why sure I'm saying it's like, it's just blackface. another colorful word of saying blackface. And it's kind yeah. of ridiculous. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. Look, what I want the house focusing on is term limits, not gender terms. Absolutely. In an article from MSN Sports titled, Stephen A. Smith calls on Kyrie Irving to retire by Steve Delvicio. I hope I pronounced your name, brother. But Kyrie Irving has been away from the Brooklyn Nets since last week for quote-unquote personal reasons. <laughs> and Stephen A. Smith believes that the star point guard should consider making the absent permanent. So we got a clip of Stephen A. Smith discussing Kyrie, Kyrie Irving and his situation. Let me situation. say this straight up and down. I think Kyrie Irving should retire. I think he should announce his retirement today. Clearly, you don't want to play basketball bad enough. Now, here's the problem that I have. He acts like he can't chew gum and, and, and walk at the same time. You can do that after you fulfill your duties or in the midst of fulfilling your duties. Just because you want to do all of those other things does not mean that you can't show up to work. It's just show up and earn your paycheck. 18 months after signing a four-year, $141 million deal, Kyrie Irving has only played 27 games. Now, the Nets had reservations about giving him that deal, and we're seeing exactly why now. There was the injury, a preseason media boycott, burning sage at TD Garden, an absence for <laughs> personal reasons, and now he's completely off the grid with the NBA investigating whether he was maskless at a family party? If true, that would violate league COVID protocols, y'all. And the thing is, Marissa, I was cracking up online because some fans speculate that Kyrie Irving devalued himself before the James Harden trade Wednesday night so that he wouldn't become a part of the trade blockbuster. But honestly, listeners, think about this. Do you really think a guy who believes flying a plane in one direction is going to fall off the edge of the earth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you really think that he could conspire a plan like this, Marissa? 
Okay. So at first I was like, all right, yeah, this is totally one of those political moves for the money. And then when you told me he was a flat earther, I was like, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. He's off his, he's off his rocket. He needs to be retired <laughs> and just kind of go off into the bliss. Other people want that spot. Other people are hungry. Give it up. Retire. I'm with it. Absolutely. And I mean, I want to also reiterate that Stephen A. Smith also con uh, commends Irving for his good work off the court. He's just mentioning that, you know, you can also chew gum and walk at the same time. And I think that's Colin something you Kaepernick can do. Did. Hey. All I'm saying he was able to do both until he was like boycotted from the NFL. Well, but I think a better example would be Kobe Bryant that Stephen A. Smith says in this segment that uh, we did play during it. But come on. Kobe would never walk away from the yeah. sport of basketball. He would make both things happen. And uh, that's what Stephen A. Smith is trying to say. All right, this is Just Talking, and Marissa and I are going to bring you some of the more breaking news that's been happening uh, all over this week. And I want to start it off with this because this has been such a big topic that's been circulating for the last two weeks. And let's get right on into it. Uh, Silicon Valley censorship has radically escalated over the past several months, banning pre-election reporting by the New York Post about the Biden family, denouncing and deleting multiple posts from the U.S. president, and then terminating his access altogether. So many people migrated to Parler. It catapulted to the number one spot on the list of the most downloaded apps on the Apple Play Store. And listeners, before I begin, the actions at the Capitol are unacceptable. But to ban Trump, big tech has officially declared more communication power than the President of the United States. <laughs> I mean, nobody elected them, but they control what future presidents can say. I mean, really, where is the freedom of speech? German Chancellor Angela Merkel, Russian opposition leader Alexia Novaini, various French ministers, and especially the Mexican president Andres Manuel Lopez Obrado, all denounced the banning of Trump and other acts of censorship by tech monopolies on the grounds that they were anointing themselves as, quote, a world media power. Many Americans, particularly those who are liberals, forget that newly elected VP Kamala Harris lost her presidential race for calling for the complete and total shutdown of President Donald Trump. Senator Warren, I just want to say that I was surprised to hear that you did not agree with me that on this subject of what should be the rules around corporate responsibility for these big tech companies, when I called on Twitter to suspend Donald Trump's uh, account, that you did not agree, and I would, I would urge you to join me. So, look, I don't just want to push Donald Trump off Twitter. I want to push him out of the White House. That's our job. But the way... Join me in saying that his Twitter account should be shut down. Out. And many Americans forget that Elizabeth Warren trolled Facebook's ad policy by running a series of Facebook ads falsely claiming that Mark Zuckerberg endorsed President Trump to prove a point that big tech isn't doing enough to regulate false information online. In October, the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Antitrust, Commercial, and Administrative Law issued a 425-page report concluding that Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google all possess monopoly power and are using that power anti-competitively. Google is currently in a lawsuit for abusing their power of its search engine and mobile operating systems to boost its YouTube video service over their rival Rumble. In August, Fortnite maker Epic Games filed a lawsuit against Apple and Google stating that the requirements that all mobile apps and in-game purchases must only come through their services. And get this, Amazon, for instance, is one of the CIA's most profitable partners ever with a $600 million contract to, prov to provide the services to the agency. And get this, they also own the cloud service 
for parlor <laughs> in the weeks and days leading up to January 6th, according to the New York Times, Telegram, Parler, Reddit, and sites like the Donald Dotwin all discussed insurrection of the Capitol. On Facebook and Twitter, official accounts from the most repressive and violent regimes on earth, including Saudi Arabia, the Ayatollah, and pages devoted to propaganda on behalf of the Egyptian regime are currently online. And I listeners, ask yourself, do you really think these tech giants have a genuine concern for violence and extremism? What people need to realize is this. He's the president of the United States, <laughs> okay? If the president can't get his message out, He'll use another Twitter account or he'll use whitehouse.gov with many followers resharing his content online. <laughs> when the left call for censorship on people who they disagree with and call for the president of the United States to be banned for using his most influential platform, you sound authoritarian. And listeners, you must realize that censorship is the exact opposite of freedom of speech. We need to hold social media companies accountable. All right, Marissa. It's that time. We all know what's happening this weekend. The AFC's young quarterbacks fight for a trip to the conference championship while veterans and defense lead the way in the NFC. Few thought the Los Angeles Rams or the Cleveland Browns would get this far, and the Buffalo Bills had far more success than could be expected. The Baltimore Ravens stormed back into contention. A pair of 40-something quarterbacks will face off in New Orleans, and everyone, or at least they should be, scared of the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Woo so, Marissa, <laughs> let's go down the list of the games this weekend. So let's start off with the Saturday games because, well, the Los Angeles Rams defense at Green Bay Packers Stadium beat first-team All-Pro quarterback Aaron Rodgers because you know what they say, Marissa, defense wins games. What's your Yeah, thought? but it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's boring. It's boring. I like a lot of offense. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too convinced even with uh, Jared Goff even last week. I mean, he did break his thumb, which could be very crucial for a quarterback. But, Ooh. I mean, he's shown a lot of integrity. I mean, I was kind of shocked that they pulled off a win against the Seattle Seahawks. So, you never know what might happen uh, tomorrow with the, uh, with the Rams. I mean, how are you feeling? I'm kind of feeling – leaning towards the Packers. I mean, there's something about Aaron um, Just Rogers. because, like, I'm L.A. all the way, it's always going to be anything L.A. So, Rams, honey, going for them. Well, you know me. I'm uh, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And, and I mean, second how to that? heart. How was that last week? How was that? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, 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 we'll get to that later. I mean, <laughs> we, we don't have to keep dwelling on me. Now. It's not about me in the moment, right? I mean, it's all about <laughs> what's not. happening with of the football not. game. Not in the Chris Collins show. Well, it sounds like Marissa's going for the L.A. Rams. I still have that gut feeling that this is Aaron Rodgers' year. I really think that he's going to go all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, he is becoming an MVP contender, and that's for sure. But also, let, let's talk about this one, because I know the Baltimore Ravens haven't lost a game since December 2nd. But the Buffalo Bills have not lost a game since November 15th. Good team. And get there this, Marissa, there's a 40% chance of snow coming to Buffalo, and quarterback Lamar Jackson has never played in these conditions. Uh, do you think that's an advantage for the Buffalo um, Bills? He's going to lose. I'm you sorry. So? I, Which I, one? I Who? Lamar? I've lived in the snow and doing anything in the snow, <laughs> your first time, you're going to fail. If you drive in the snow the first time, <laughs> you're going to crash. Okay. There's just, it's how it happens. Well, you know, next time. Uh, the back of me was kind of thinking, you know, they're very much a heavy uh, run team with just Lamar personally. I mean, he's so good at getting out of the pocket and just taking off. Do you think that could be kind of an advantage in the snow? Because, you know, you might I mean, kind yeah, of see some defensive players slipping. It's still going to be an advantage in the whole nine, but I'm sorry. I got to put my money on the Buffalo Bills on this one. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning with you, too. I, I, there's something about the Buffalo Bills where I really thought we were going to play them 
Saturday. I was really hoping for that to happen, but I kind of am with you. But then again, Marissa, I kind of want to see Lamar Jackson go up against Patrick Mahone. So there's a okay, little bit you of that. The, okay, so you pick the Ravens for this one. I'll pick the Bills. Okay. All right. Because I'm so split on it. I do kind of feel like an itch is going to Buffalo. But then again, what my wish is for. Lamar and Patty Mahomes to go at it with each other. But let's jump right on into the games for Sunday because for all intents and purposes, the Cleveland Browns advanced to the divisional round, forcing three quick turnovers on my beloved team. And their offense was handling its end of the deal by running a 28-0 lead with one minute and 56 seconds left in the first quarter to my Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, from last week's performance, are you convinced that the Browns could beat the Kansas City Chiefs? No, the Chiefs got this. Chiefs <laughs> got this one. But, you know, the thing with me is, though, Marissa, my brother's a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, and I'm speaking directly to the camera now. Kelly, if you're watching this right now, I got the studio barricade, so you can't come running in here right now. But I remember everything that you did to me on Sunday. You made me feel like the worst human being possible, okay? And I'm going to give you so much crap if the Chiefs don't pull this off. Because let me tell you this right now. You thought the Steelers' loss was bad? If Patrick Mahomes loses to Baker Mayfield, that's going to be way more detrimental mm -hmm. to your franchise than mine. So keep aware, my friend. But get this. I thought this was kind of wild, Mercy, because yeah. the oldest starting quarterback left in the AFC playoffs is Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and he doesn't turn 26 until April. <laughs> and now these yeah. old goobers, Tom Brady and uh, Drew Brees, will face off for their third time this season as the New Orleans Saints take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Marissa the regular season meeting uh, between these two teams have been pretty laughable because the Saints when you combine the two, first two games the combined score was 72 to 26 so uh, do you think Tom Brady will prove that he's the goat on Sunday night <laughs> um, I'm gonna say he's gonna fail on this one you, you know I'm gonna I, say it yeah, I think that Tom Brady's got more left in the tank, uh, but I did hear there are rumors that this could be Drew Brees' last year playing in the NFL. And if that's the case, I'm rooting for Drew Brees, man. I always loved him when he was with the San Diego Chargers. I always thought that was the worst move ever when they decided to move on from him. And kudos to you, Drew Brees. I think you're going to pull this off. But I wish we had the, the photo. I think I forgot I, I to found send it. it. No, no, no. Oh, I you found do it online. It. It's, not, it's not the same one. So I'm going to go, go ahead and share uh, what I found online. Because oh, we got to okay. see this. This was, dude, they made the best History Channel um, yes. Uh, of them. Wait, where'd it go? Hold on. Nope, I gotta nope, that... up. There you are. Can you see <laughs> look that? At that mess. Yes. Look at that. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> so both... I love it. And you know what? Breeze said too. He was saying that like he wished he had more hair. Get yeah, I might as well get out of it. You guys kind of get the point. It was really funny. I'm like, he's like, well, I need more hair. Well, yeah, why am both, I so bald? Both of these guys are are legends, and they're right. I mean, if you could uh, premiere th something on the Nickelodeon channel, I think the History Channel could also do their part. So you still have enough time. You still have two days, but that one's going to be a fun one for sure during this weekend for the NFL playoffs. But we're going to move on. This is a little jazzy. All for the reasons that there's a brand new movie out on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. This is called One Night in Miami. And director Regina King has stirred the pot in the entertainment industry, denouncing true vision to be represented on screen in her directional debut. So Regina King spoke at the BAFTA's masterclass this week, stating that she had no problem with British actors playing iconic U.S. characters if they invest in the park. So in recent years, British actors have portrayed civil rights icons such as Martin Luther King Jr., Harriet Tubman, and Fred Hampton, respectfully. And some in Hollywood have questioned whether the non-American actors should get such roles. And others have noted that American actors often portray iconic foreign characters as well. So, I mean, Marissa, this is starting to get a little exhausting. I mean, I can't believe we're still having this conversation in 2021. I mean, what's your thoughts on okay, all this? Okay, well, you know my thoughts. As an actor on here, um, I think that it needs to turn around and if it's an accent, 
So that's that's what they're that's hung true. up on. Right? That would be that really is annoying. Ridiculous. You go down, people do accent reduction all the time. They learn new accents. People learn foreign languages. Wow, I know, right? And I mean, here's the thing is, if you're having someone from England who is black playing an, um, an American historical figure who is black, I'm pretty sure they can um, relate to racism. Yeah, because and I did want to mention- racism around the whole entire globe. That's so true. And Not I wanted to mention the, the quote from Regina King, because she says, sure, neither one of them are American, but they can relate to the experience and pain felt by black person for being disregarded because of the color of their skin. And absolutely they can. Because black. Okay. Right. I mean, and, they, and she also <laughs> says that can they take it upon themselves to make sure they educate themselves on the history of how black Americans had built this country? They can educate themselves on that. And they did. So, I mean, I just kind of find a little bit where I know Regina King is a huge uh, outspoken person about bringing inclusion and diversity into the industry. But also you I, I agree with this notion because you can't. Like, I know people were having an uproar over Gal Gadot being Cleopatra because she's Israeli. You can't just give Regina King this card and then trash Gal Gadot for being Cleopatra. So let's get real, fam. <laughs> but get this. This was kind of crazy. I know, right? <laughs> this music kind of creeps me out a little bit. And yeah. this story is like a horror the story, story, in my opinion. This is a horror story. story because the San Francisco man, Stefan Thomas, went viral this week for all the wrong reasons because he can't remember the password to unlock his $220 million Bitcoin fortune. And experts say he may never gain access. Ooh. His dilemma, the password to unlock his Bitcoin fortune is locked in a hard drive that gives users 10 attempts before wiping it clean. And Thomas has just two more tries. Tried to pick a very secure one because I was very concerned about losing those uh, those coins, like lay in bed and come up with a new way to recover it and then wouldn't work. And then I would try another way and it wouldn't work either. There's no chance of remembering something that complicated from 10 years ago. In some ways, like that hope makes it more difficult uh, because it's like, you know, it's, it's easier if you can just let it be in the past and forget about it. What? Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. I mean, Marissa, I, you know, get this because in a New York Times report this week, Mm -hmm. Who the heck? How do you call me through my computer? Sorry, that was confusing. <laughs> hey, we're in the middle of something. This is serious, okay? In the New York Times report this week of the existing 18.5 million Bitcoins, around 20% currently worth over $140 billion, appeared to be lost or otherwise stranded in digital wallets. So Marissa, I'm like a cageless monkey stressing out when I lose over $20. Okay. I so mean, I, I can, I thought you, about this. <laughs> I thought about this. So first off, he hasn't tried hypnotherapy to try to get the Well, password. there were people on Twitter that were saying that he well, should try that. Okay, I know. And the you fact really he did it right now with that much money, I want to slap him. I think he's making <laughs> it up. I think this is all BS. How do we know he actually has that kind of money that's in a Bitcoin? Maybe he's just trying to get people to feel sorry for him, throw him some cash, getting his, you know, what is that, that seven minutes of fame? How do we know this is true? Because he's way too chill. It'd be like if well, I won like the lottery and I lost the lottery ticket? Nah. Well, yeah. now that his face has gone global around the world, you would think like someone like Bitcoin founder, maybe who came on the show in the past, Brock Pierce or somebody would basically say, hey, look, if you give me kind of a certain compensation from your Bitcoins, then maybe I'll help you unlock it. But yeah, you know that goes. Think? He lost over 7,000 Bitcoins worth $220 million, which is insane. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, we're going to move on. I don't really hear the sound bite, but we're good because I no. want to let it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I thought, <laughs> we were I thought we were moving into strike a chord. Yeah, actually, we do got to get going to strike a chord. But I do want to say this before we jump on into it. Three decades may seem like a long time, but for some, 1991 feels like yesterday. And 30 years ago today, Soundgarden released their breakthrough album, Bad Motor Finger. Pearl Jam emerged with their iconic debut album, 10. And of course, Nirvana released their explosive Nevermind. So this is pretty incredible. And also Metallica drop the black album so we'll discuss that at another time but for now you're listening to the chris collins show millennial talk show and we're moving right on into strike a chord 
you know, time moves by so fast when you're having fun. <laughs> I mean, it's so insane. But we're beyond stuck because we have our striker court artist who's an R&B uh, finiciato. I mean, his name is Desmond Walker. He is joining the Chris College Show Millennial Talk Show. So how's it going, my friend? It's going well, Chris, man. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Ooh, it's you got that like. Here. You got that like Marvin Gaye deep kind of voice talking, right? <laughs> I know, right? And then when you go to listen to his music, he's got like the most settling tone in his voice. It's like, I, I don't think I could do some of the things that you can do, man. You can't, I, Chris. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just, you can't. Yeah, just, just give up now. But hey, Desmond, we're going to have to get right on into this because your latest single, Move On, is personal in the way that you examine the end of your long-term relationship. And yeah. uh, tell me, what is the most important quality that you look for in a relationship? Is it sex? Is it trust? <laughs> is it laughter? Uh, I think it's the sex. I mean, he's already laughing already. I mean, I prefer a woman who can cook. I mean, what is those things that you need to keep a long-term relationship? Uh, I would have to say, firstly, just loyalty. Uh, that's That's a big thing for me. But how much loyalty thing. do you need once you're in a long-term relationship? Don't you think you'd figure well, that out? Uh, here's the thing. Here's a the big thing. thing. Okay, hold on, Desmond, real quickly. Chris <laughs> yeah. is single and has been single for a lot of years. But it's not about me, Marissa. Because no, 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 mama I'm... can cook, which is why <laughs> he is still at home because mama can cook. And I, I love Mama Collins. Yeah, there's I no, love you. Wrong you with take that. care of your son. But that's why he says that. Yes, on loyalty. You can always order takeout. Okay. But okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about you, Desmond? I mean, would you be excited if your girl brought out takeout every night? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, what what are some of the qualities, my friend? So outside of loyalty, <laughs> it has to be very um, passionate about something, willing to just want to throw themselves out for something that they truly love, because you know, codependency is cool, but interdependency, like just being able to be like, hey, you're your own person, I'm my own person, but we love each other. When we get together, it's a vibe. That's something that I look into, as well as just knowing how to have a good time. So just being able to switch gears and like, all right, we're done focusing, let's let's have some fun, let's play some video. I'm gonna take a while. I feel like we're on Match.com. That was the perfect (laughs) Match.com video I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Take notes, listeners. No, I I, I got a woman. Can I just take a wild guess of who your ex girl was? Was she an artist like you? No, she she wasn't. Um, she she was the type. She has her MBA. Um, she's like an accountant for a company. She did. Oh, she be tracking the bills now. Okay, okay. (laughs) <laughs> she cooked she cleaned like she was she she looked very good on paper it's just it wasn't a connection that just really sparked anything deep inside of me and like I kept trying to push it kept trying to force it and it just it, it just was not it how long well, were you guys together for how many years four years yeah and we had wow. a kid together yeah because yeah. I would and say like kid? is it a girl you... or boy boy girl or boy boy, yeah. boy? mm-hmm I mean, my thing is, it's like, you know, I always felt like once you reach that six month mark, that starts to become like a long term relationship, because then once you go another six months, that's a full year, man. <laughs> and then yeah. you really got to think about what you're doing. But now that you're living in the single life, I mean, what's the oldest woman that you would date? Oh, my goodness. Well, firstly, let me disclaim, I'm not single. But his woman was listening. She's like, you better set the record straight. Better set the record straight <laughs> now at the Chris College Show Millennial Talk Show. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I get that you're in a relationship now, but I mean, yeah. is there the like oldest, a limit? I mean, uh, how the, the crazy thing is, um, my 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 previous relationship, she was seven years older than me. Okay. Um seven so years old? Seven no, years old. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, so I, I think that would five to seven would be my cap because once you hit different generations, it's just like certain things. It's just like I agree with this, honestly. And uh, as a woman, as we get older, like I have to admit, women we don't age as well as men. I mean, it is the truth, right? We lose our collagen. <laughs> yep. It makes it harder. And I always think it's like, wow, what if I dated somebody that was ten years? or 15 years younger than me and I'm 60 and they're 45. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I could keep up. You so can always I, ask right. advice My, my for thing right. is that seven year. It's that seven year forward or back. Mm-hmm. And then you gotta, you gotta cap it. 
Okay, so it's the, it's, it's the Madonna sevens. is okay. dating a so, hot 24-year-old. <laughs> go Madonna. Okay, yeah, but that was like Madonna dated Tupac back in the day, too. It was like, what the hell are you That's doing, true. Tupac? That's like, true. really? Everybody wanted it's Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> yeah, Madonna. But, gotta get okay. that. Okay. Desmond knows. But I gotta say, Desmond, <laughs> the production value in your single move on is stellar with an amazing Thank acapella you. choir. And there was a particular line in Move On where you poetically put it, we were there for each other in the darkest of times. It made us think of different side of each other and out of it came a beautiful blessing. I mean, I've never heard of anything called a beautiful blessing after a breakup. What, yes. what are you talking about when you say these lines in your song? So we were there for each other in the darkest times. That was a very, um, at that moment when we met, like we used to work with each other, but I lost my job and it was just very hard on me. And she just went through like a miscarriage. So it was like mm -hmm. very dark for the both of us. And then we were there supporting each other because we were friends before. And then we, out of it came a beautiful blessing. That was our son. So that was just mm -hmm. a subtle, a subtle thing that kind of brought us together. And at least like, we won't be together, but we have something that that's between us that is a beautiful blessing our son and yeah that's it yeah i think that's special man i mean as much as you guys are separated you both have the love and you give that genuine affection for your for your child and i think that's a beautiful thing and right now we're going to be playing that exact song this song is from desmond walker and it's called move on
That's right. That's Desmond Walker. And that's his brand new single that's out on his YouTube channel. That is called Move On, man. I love that song. And I have to ask you, because I know that now you just told me, which I had no idea. You're in a new yeah. relationship. Does your girl get afraid that you're going to start writing songs about her now? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's be real. I mean, she's well, probably listening right now. She's going, you know what, Chris? I think you have a point. Like, he better I think, write a yeah. good maybe, song. Maybe okay. he might have to write a really, really good song for me now. I mean, if he's putting enough attention into his ex-girl, um, yeah, he's so write a beautiful song for me. <laughs> she actually she actually um i already dedicated one song and it was inspired Ooh. by her what's uh, focus um oh, so she's already yeah so she's already <laughs> she's already getting the goods hey. so, yeah. okay. she's, she's like, okay. you go get yours you only get one you only get one <laughs> <laughs> she's my, she's I, I my have, muse so yeah i do have I to say that. desmond um I'm, I'm going through a lot of stuff personally in my own life and i hear this song and it like wants me to bring me to tears. Like just how heartfelt and, and understanding in a relationship, like sometimes it isn't, it really is me, not you. When people right. grow and Definitely. we evolve and it doesn't mean that you have to not love them. It's just putting right. that spiritual soul connection. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. better as friends, especially if you have yeah. a parent. And how was that like to uh, produce like an acapella choir? Was that all you? I mean, how was that process like? Because yeah. I've never interviewed anybody out of the two years on this show, anybody <laughs> doing the extent that you've done in your musical production. I think it's phenomenal. What's that process like in, in the studio? So with this song, um, originally it was going to be all acapella. I, I was in a very weird place to where I just wanted to be alone and just express and just be able to just get this off my chest to where I was like, all right, I'm gonna just sing a cappella. I'm not gonna look for an instrumental. I'm not gonna hit up anybody to try to work this idea out. And I was like, start from the bottom. Like my, my choral background, I was like, all right, start from the bottom and build up. And then from there, let my lyrics, let my feelings, my heart translate over that. And it just, it was, just, it was an amazing therapeutic process, man. So, like, do you usually know, like, what kind of themes you want to go into when you make a song? Or does it just kind of come naturally in the night or something, like, where you're like, <laughs> you know what? I'm feeling really passionate about this, and I can't let it go. Is it something like that, or do you plan your it's theme? Because It's a mixture of both, honestly. Uh, a lot of times, it, it, it's, it's based off of life and experience and just how I'm feeling, what I see. And then other times I, I meet with my team and they're like, hey, let's try this. Let's write about this. Or it's just whatever comes to me, I'm, I'm ready. Like I love to collaborate and it's just I love music. So, yeah, I like the challenge of being presented things when I'm not in a, a place because it's like I can imaginatively go there. I can do certain things and just create. So. Yeah, because I think it's you're a phenomenal fun. artist. I know you're an up and coming. I think you really got your shit together. And for all the <laughs> listeners out there, I mean, you're laughing. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, <laughs> it seems like you have your shit together. Well, it, it, it does. I'm trying like to piece it do. together. Who I feel knows? like I'm like. Uh, Who knows? You're man. Well, how do you, well, how do you feel? <laughs> I mean, what do you mean by like piecing it together? What are some of those elements that you still feel like that you need to know the most in your career? There's, there's certain behind the scenes things, and playlisting, things of that sort, but like everything has come together. Considering when me coming around in like 2016 and actually meeting with like one of my best friends and business partners, Adrian Peace, like I had no sense of direction. I was just doing shows. I was like, not even like big shows. It was just like, hey, this is an open mic. And that led to uh, like a, my first feature, but more or less, I didn't have a sense of direction of how to release music, what to do, and things have slowly come together. I have a PR team with People's Revolt. I have my manager now. I have Rebellious Society, who's a team of collective. So it's slowly building up and it's like, okay, like I've been doing this since I was a kid and now yeah. it's coming together and making sense, so. Well, yeah, you yeah. definitely need all those kind of the pieces to the puzzle, right? To actually make something happen. And I know Indeed. this summer in 2021, you'll be releasing your upcoming Indeed. EP, but not a full length album. I mean, was this no. decision based off COVID or the fact that millennials just aren't purchasing full length albums? Because I know in the R&B game and hip hop, you, they just don't invest in that anymore. Do you think singles yeah. are in and albums are out? Um. I definitely believe singles are in, albums are out, unless you hit like a certain like peak, like the thank big you. artists, like Kendrick, well, I can say thank you. Big I've Sean. been saying this for two years. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let Desmond explain himself, okay? I mean, <laughs> no, go on you, what you're you, saying. <laughs> once you have that solidified fan base and you you reach a certain peak, money's going to flow in. A lot of consumers are going to go towards your stuff. And, and it also translates into merch. That's why you see a lot of the artists going towards merchandise and just doing certain things to get people involved and make them feel like they're a part of what's being created and what the artist is doing. Uh, but as a tier artist that I'm at, definitely singles. Uh, EP, I chose an EP because um, just like Move On, um, there there's going to be some visual work. So I kind of wanted to tell a story with it. And it's going to be a lot more compact than, you know, Okay. Well, I dig it, man. And I have to ask you this because I know we got a music video from you, but I did not see it online. Are we one of the first people to premiere your music video? Everything is everything. Uh, on a big platform, yes, actually. (laughs) Hey, let's go. I feel honored, my friend. This is going to be a really, really cool one. So we're going to be playing it for you right now. This is Desmond Walker, and this is his track. Everything is everything. Look, love and happiness, put some peace in it. Relationship evergreen, but it might have some beef in it. We finna take a Jeep back streets to our own retreat. We fill up, little release, feeling free from the city beat. We still a moment to ourselves. I'm just fantasizing about it. Vision tantalizing, analyzing your eyes, the vibes surrounding us. Whatever we want to take it, we gonna make it there. Travel around the country, then take the globe. Let me make it clear. Look, it's undeniable. Whatever brought us together, perfected the matchwork. Different fabric, but we both from the same cloth. Just a mighty patchwork. I want to see the world with you, with you, yeah, and I got the best view, standing next to you, you, yeah, looking into those eyes, underneath the open sky. It's on with you and you and only you were seen in such a movie scene. You were queen and everything is everything is such a groovy dream. Groovy dream, groovy dream. Together with the dream team. Living our dream, all my fantasies. Baby, you're my everything. And everything is everything. You are the reason my heart beats. Mm-hmm. Everything is everything. Baby girl, you're my everything. Everything is everything. That's right. That's Desmond Walker, and that's his track that we just premiered on a major platform. That song's called <laughs> Everything is Everything, and I guarantee you're going to hear this song in the future. I love the flow, man. I mean, I can only imagine when when your babe's getting mad and you got to put her in check, maybe. You just start singing her like, you know, just like, it's all good, baby. Just, just focus now. Just focus. Live a little bit. I, I knew it. See, that's singing, what I'm missing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little yeah it, it can help little flowers you know light light some candles sing a little bit can be a good remedy to you know take the the bad vibes away, i think the that's the to... best advice i've ever heard so far in our strike chord <laughs> segment of all the two years just learn a little melody just make sure your tones are right and right. everything will be settled <laughs> yeah everything I, will be all right yeah. everything will be all right but i love to uh, ask this question especially for artists like yourself because you know 
obviously COVID-19 has put a lot of people in a funk and I'm sure even when you're in the studio and just some things are just not clicking or popping off and what are some things outside of music that contributes to your musicality in essence like a hobby that you've turned to in order to rejuvenate your creativity um I would have to honestly say watching movies I love movies okay. I love shows like this is us I'm, it gets me in my feels um, <laughs> you know what that's actually the perfect example of your style of music if they're not listening right now that 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 you know those producers I mean hey I mean you got your next theme right now with Desmond Walker <laughs> exactly exactly that's that's one of the goals I want to hear it on like a big okay. like sad movie uh move on it's so epic so um, yeah that that's gonna come i'm gonna I'm manifest that but yeah definitely um video games are good because it just helps me just like not it helps me unwind with the day-to-day and then it's just like ah, oh, okay well Hmm. Now I can sit and think about what else I want to do. It's yeah. funny that you say well, video game. Oh wait, I Marcy, was about you get say, We were it. about to say we weren't able to talk about it on our just talking, but <laughs> yeah. there's some new video games that Chris is going to tell us about. Yeah, I wanted to see what your thoughts on this because we didn't have enough time during our just talking segment. But now that you're such a video game lover, might as well yeah, talk I'm about it with you. Oh yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts with all these uh, movie franchises now creating these open world uh, video games? I mean, Star Wars just announced that they're leaving EA. Uh, to move on with Lucasfilm and they're going to be creating an open world Star Wars game, which I'm beyond stoked for. <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy is yeah, also another game. Sick. It got delayed, but then again, I'm happy it got delayed because we don't want to see another Cyberpunk 2077 mishap. Right. And also, right. I don't know if you heard about this, but an Indiana Jones game is coming really right. I mean, how excited are you to see a lot of these new adaptions happen with movie franchises? coming into the video game universe i'm excited at first i think it's very strategic you know like with covid it definitely impacted them to have them need to pivot to where right. they can thrive and the gaming industry is huge especially <laughs> now with competition like i was like why couldn't this be around when i was a kid i could have been an <laughs> esports e- legend but, right um, i'm <laughs> I'm super excited uh, to be able to see like movies translate into video games. It's it's going to be super submersive, and I can only imagine when they tap into the VR side. That's what I'm excited right. for. I, I've seen a glimpse of that with the Iron Man uh, yeah. VR with the PS5. So it's just like. Bring it on. Bring it Bring on, it on baby. Superhero. Come on. Let's go. Let's go, baby. But I want to leave <laughs> enough time because we do want to play the song that is dedicated to your lover now. And yes. this song is a single Focus. that we're about to play. It's called Focus. I don't know if you notice, 
time but i wanted to leave enough time for you to shout out for all the listeners that love you man where can they follow you on social media so you can follow me on instagram at desmond music and also uh twitter at desmond music or des underscore walk yeah and my website go. is desmondwalker.com just go 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 <laughs> go there man and when we and also marissa and i were working on a future project that's going to be dropping real soon it's going to be called off the fret podcast where we dive even deeper into the music process we'd love to have you back on and join us for that once your ep uh starts to get closer to the release time but now again i just want to remind the listeners this is desmond walker and Thank you're you. listening to the chris collins show millennial talk show That's right. This is what's good because, you know, when you go on channels two through 11, there is so much negativity on the internet, on television channels. Even if you pick up a newspaper, I know some millennials are going, what the hell is a newspaper? But hey, we're going to bring you all the kind of good details out there because during last Friday's show, I reiterated with Marissa and our guest, Anna Gigi and Roderick Menzies, that if theater wants to survive post-pandemic, Broadway must come up with a story as good as Hamilton the musical because clearly millennials have not been attending playhouses before the pandemic. And I've stated with Marissa and our guests that theater must find a way to combine modern technology and raise money or the curtains will remain closed. Thanks to 26-year-old school teacher Emily Jacobson, Ratatouille TikTok musical has created an internet phenomenon raising more than two million dollars for the actors funds. So here's some Paris, I hope you're ready for is our nature, it's all that we want, take it from me, I'm your confidant, finding the peace they resist us among the cesspits, I don't understand who could want more than this. She's like, versus like, cut it, cut it. We got to move on. But hey, I love this because, you know, this is the coolest story about this whole Ratatouille TikTok musical. It started off with this 26-year-old school teacher, Emily Jacobson. She just thought she had this really catchy chorus because she's she heard that Disneyland in France was coming out with the new ride. And she was just so excited, but, you know, couldn't go to Disneyland. So she started this trend on TikTok. And then other people in the TikTok universe started writing music and then everybody started combining it together. Theater industry people uh, noticed it. They collaborated together. And now you got big names like Wayne Brady and Adam Lambert. And just so, it, I find it so fascinating. And who knows, we might actually see that cast on the big stage once we get out of this post pandemic. So I find it so fascinating that confinement stress has united 
Gen Z and millennials. <laughs> so I find that just a fascinating thing. And the, the success was so huge that Ratatouille TikTok musical will return for an encore performance this Sunday live on TikTok at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And viewers can donate to the Actors Fund via in-app donation stick uh, sticker. <laughs> TikTok says. So I find that really, really fascinating. And also, I want to give one last shout out again to our Strike Accord artist, Desmond Walker. Go ahead and check him out. He's a phenomenal artist who deserves all the gratitude because, I mean, he's a lover boy. And if you want to serenade your girl, you better know the lyrics to Desmond Walker. But you know what, Marissa? It's time to rock and roll. And I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their weekend. And uh, let's go, Chiefs, baby. I'm with you, Cal. Come on now. Let's go, baby. Kansas City Chiefs. Let's do it. I'm Chris Collins. Peace. Ciao, Bella. Hey, what's good, listeners? Hello. You look can you so jazzy. I love I... your outfit. Of course can I can hear you. you look... <laughs> this slaps harder than my ex when she got her stimulus check. So, um, <laughs> you know what I'm that's, that's hilarious. So, uh, there she is. How's it going, beautiful? How you doing? So, if you get easily offended, this might not be the album for you. Um, has Kim Kardashian accidentally sent you a coochie shot? Do you want to stay there? It's completely your choice. Or you want to... <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. 